You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Bob. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Elindy will need guides through the Terrace Mountains. I have charged Rashik with making certain that he and his trusted friends are chosen as those guides. Rashik is still Rashik is to try and lead Alindi in the wrong direction, to discourage him, or otherwise for his quest, or otherwise foil his quest. Alindi doesn't know that he has been deceived, that we have all been deceived, and he will not listen to me now. Kind of getting those epigraphs that Sazed was studying here near the end. And again, it's the Sanderlanch. It's coming at you from all directions. Yeah. So, 54. Interesting. We open up with, with Vin killing Coloss. And she mentions how they're shocked. Every single Coloss is shocked when they see her. Because they, they always equate big Coloss beat small Coloss. And here's this little tiny... You, you listen to the biggest orc. Why? Because he's the biggest orc. <laughs> <laughs> Why do not big Colas simply eat smaller Colas? <laughs> yeah. So, Vin is protecting everyone. Uh, and she's finally happy about being the knife. She accepts that she can be the knife if it means that she's protecting everyone, not that she's just like a murder bot, essentially. And that's kind of what she's coming to grips with, with some really awesome fighting, which I'm not going to tarnish Brandon's writing with recapping. But we do, as I mentioned in the previous episode, she does mention like she comes in not just tired, but exhausted. Yeah, she's worn out at this point. So we jump over to Sazed's point of point of view, and he's at the Keep, keep Hasting, the keep same hasting. one that The big sent. tower. Yeah. And he uh, is talking to Lord Penrod trying to uh to get penrod to escape with them and penrod's like listen i have a 10 eye up here i can see everything you're not getting out the way you think and then so Sazed goes then let everyone in you know so and in his mind he goes so you can buy them a few more precious minutes essentially and penrod's like no i don't think i will um and he's talking he just goes you know no one's going to help we're all going to die and the only thing that is keeping me okay, the thing that brings me calmness is the fact that, uh, or, or sorry, he says it this exact way. It's funny how me stealing the throne from Elend or taking the throne from Elend indirectly saved his life and is now going to cause me to die. The only like calmness I have is the fact that I know that I failed and I know Ellen would have failed too. And he just leaves him alone at this point. And we go back to Vin's point of view. So she needs to find the Well of Ascension. She jumps out and she lands on top of one of Kredik Shaw's spires. She needs to find the Well because at this point she feels like our, her pewters have having all having all ran out. She is about. She feels like she's going to fall unconscious here soon because of how tired she is, and she really just can't stop everyone from dying, anyone else here from dying. So she kind of jumps down and she's trying to go, I need to find the well of ascension, but she hears this screaming of these people and she's like, Oh, I can't leave the people to die. And so she runs down this, this alleyway where this group of people is being chased by Coloss. And she notices that a Coloss picks up a child and is about to like crush the child in, in its hands. 
and she runs out with no pewter or anything and kind of slides and cuts on the Coloss leg and tries to fight. And she's just like, I'm so tired. I'm so slow. I just can't really move at all. And she's like, at least I bought time for the group. And then she looks down the alleyway and that group's getting slaughtered by another group of Coloss on the other side of the alleyway. And she just yells out and she goes, I'm out of all my metals. I'm out of steel. I'm out of iron. I'm out of everything. And she just instinctively pushes out with a Duralumin soothing. And I like to think of this moment as it's like the trauma, right? She always used her luck. She always when used she, her when luck. When she was beat down. Oh. And I, so <laughs> she, in that last desperate hope, you know, she Duralumin soothes. She Duralumin lucks, essentially. And she feels a barrier and a break. The exact same feeling she had when she took control of Orsir. Well, Tensun. And the Coloss stop. And Ven realizes that the Lord Ruler built a weakness into the Steel Inquisitors, the spike in their back. She, he built a weakness into the Chandra, the ability to be controlled. Tensun mentioned the Chandra and the Coloss were cousins were essentially, they had a bond. They shared something. They share the same weakness. And Ven realizes now that she has control. She's going to have control of an army that could save everything. So we have Sazed's point of view now. Sazed is being surrounded. The group is being surrounded by Coloss outside of Hastings at this point. And he puts on all of his rings. And he's like, I'm going to die fighting. I have I have barely anything stored in these, but I'm not going to go down uh, just sitting here. And when the Coloss arrive, they stop. And they don't attack. And then they part. And one, I want to say, like one's like carrying Vin. No, Vin's walking. Vin's walking? And okay. She, she walks in and the Coloss like part ways. And then she starts yelling up at Penrod. I want to say, doesn't the Coloss lift then, her up? And then the Coloss lifts her up so yeah. that she can almost be eye to eye with him over the wall. Yep. And she's like, listen, Penrod, you're dumb. You're going to do exactly as I say. Your soldiers are going to leave. And your soldiers are going to go start putting out fires. And your soldiers are going to start trying to save all these people. And whenever your soldiers see a group of Coloss, they're going to come alert me and I'm going to handle Coloss. And Penrod's like, yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I agree to all your terms. Incoming trade offer. Um, But yeah, Sazed is sitting there not talking to Vin and Vin kind of lays it out there. Like, Sazed, you you lied. And Sazed's like, yeah, I lied. It's pretty bad. And Vin's like, well, we don't have time to deal with your... Your absolute betrayal. Um, and says goes, can I be excused? Just like the, like the, again, parallel to the first book, Mistress, can I be excused? And she, she doesn't even question. She goes, of course, says it, go do what you need to do. And while the city is being retaken by Vin, by, through this Duralumin soothing of all of the, the cola, she grabs Pewter from Ham, who at this point has passed out unconscious because of a nasty wound in his arm. He's not unconscious. No, I mean, he, he, he goes, falls unconscious, but yeah. He's, I, does he? he, he I, so he's awake right now to hand her the pewter, obviously. But um, he, they describe as he has a wound that would have killed right. any man yeah. if, they, if he wasn't a thug. And so Vin takes the pewter, wakes up, and is taking back the city and says it spins 
the rest of like the morning. I, I say it's like another two or three hours. So like when, when Sazed was looking up, the, the sun was breaking through. You know, we can assume a timeline of like 6 a.m. The sun's rising. It's breaking through at this point. It's now, you know, eight, nine in the morning at this point with the sun actually being up. And he eventually finds Tendul's body. And it looks like uh, the narrative seems to paint out that as her, her gate fell, she was holding off the Coloss while the men retreated back towards Keep Venture. And she died basically holding an alleyway and says it's just broke um he, he straight up says that my religions have given me nothing and my life has been a sham and that's the end of 54 55 love it <laughs> straps point of view let's just uh, uh let's let, let that one go and uh yeah <laughs> this, this is a fun one straps point of view so that was a heavy moment but the bad guy's gonna get his uh get his dues L- little tonal inconsistency it's okay uh yeah <laughs> no uh straps sees the drug as a plus now he figured out which drug he's addicted to and he's like dude this thing wakes me up like i'm feeling great i like it's a great day in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. And he's waking up with a kick in his step, you know? A uh, caffeine, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the Coloss, he, he notices. He comes out and he's like, the city's like a graveyard. And he's like, the fire's out. And the general's like, I think we're good to go in now. And Straff's like, wait, what's that? The Coloss, oh, they're lining up? I'll let them come charge us. And they're not even going to defend use the city's defenses. Let them charge us. This will be over in a moment. We can slaughter them all. And then he sees humans lining up <laughs> next to the Coloss, and he goes, oh, wait, this uh, this isn't good. And then the Coloss charge, and he's like, well, I shouldn't be here, and he starts to ride back. Then he sees an arrow launched at him. That's a big arrow. No, that's not an arrow. That's a person. That's a miscloak. And Straff gets to scream before Vin lands and slices him in half all the way down, including the horse. With a giant Coloss sword. Yep. And let me tell you, Straff not even being able to to monologue or to do anything or to even beg. It's just over. No response. Just done. <laughs> and I love Vin's thing. He's like, well, you know, Ellen did tell him what would happen if he attacked the city. Yep. And <laughs> we get Vin's point of view. And she starts killing all the generals that's all i got to say about her point of view let's jump over to set's point of view set's point of view at this point goes uh the humans and the coloss are fighting again and Set's like there's a there's a treaty between coloss and humans what the heck and orianne goes all right let's go help uh let's go help breeze and the boys and set's like hmm if we wait we can crush whichever side's weaker because the fight seems pretty even and orianne goes whatever and just charges out and goes if you want to protect me, you better charge. And she starts running, toward, driving, right, going towards the battle. And Set goes, ah, this dang girl. Fine. We're going to march and uh, we're going to help. We're going to march to Luthadel's aid. And so Set throws in with Vin and the boys, essentially. Uh, and I want to point out here that the, the generals were like, these armies look fairly even. 5,000 soldiers to 12,000 Coloss versus 50,000 men. This battle looks even. Coloss <laughs> uh, are crazy dangerous. Because um, Can you imagine that, right? A Coloss and a human army, right? The fear, the ferocity of the Coloss, 
but the understanding from a like from human thinking in generals to protect the Colossus flanks to just basically sure up all the weaknesses yeah. that these have. Yeah, and plus, you know, you got to think that they're probably going to be a little bit more level headed and with, directed with Vin with controlling them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's something that is hard to even think about. They were that effective being wild and not with like basically no sort of strategy. And now Vin is moving them like puppets. It's, they're essentially super soldiers at this point. Which actually, I'm curious though, is this even moving them like puppets? Because like she could control them not to attack and things like that. But is this more of an idea of like a hive mind in the sense that she goes, hey, kill that person. And then they kill that person in the way that they think best fit. I or, mean, I mean, they ha- she had one literally lift them up, her up to uh, to the puppets. wall. They're puppets. So, yeah, I you're mean, right. you're right. They're puppets. So we get Satan's point of view, and this is just heartbreaking. We see a completely broken Satan at this point. Um, he's going out to watch what's happening. He's no longer fighting, but he's just thinking consistently about Tendul. And then he starts to think about their writings together, and he goes, "Wait a second. The hero should be a leader as well. Huh. Vin's, pro- Vin's like, he's like, I don't think Vin is the hero ages, or I do, I don't know what to believe anymore. And then it was like, the hero did not grow up royalty, but rose to it. The hero commanded the forces of the world. Kings rode to his aid. And he's seeing this as sets coming down, sets armies coming down to flank Straff's army and help fight. And then we see again, Vin is killing. We see that Vin's killing all of Straff's generals, and the army ends up falling easily because they get broken up. They have no command structure, and they begin surrendering. So Sazed set, and then we end up learning that Lord Jarl, or General, is left alive as the only general, and they all kind of met up. And Vin goes, "Hey, this is your army now," and General very correctly answers. No, it's yours now. She's like, okay. So swear. And he's like, I swear to you. And he goes, nope. Swear to Ellen. And she makes all of them swear allegiance to Ellen. And basically makes Ellen an emperor in this moment. Even Set Set's like, you think I would kneel down, you know, to you? Ellen would never want this. No, Ellen would never do this if he was threatened with his life. Exactly. She goes, you are not Ellen. He goes, no, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. Help help me get down. Help me get down so I can, I can, I would say bend the knee, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, And yeah, so she basically goes, hey, Sazen, you need to uh, figure this all out. I'm going to go sleep now and she leaves and says it in his head goes he left ruin in his wake but it was forgotten he created kingdoms and then destroyed them as he made the world anew it looks like we've had the wrong gender all along and that's the end of part five the end of chapter 55 i mean great way to go out i mean so this is going to be super. So this is the payoff, you know, of this whole book is like it's ratchets it up and it comes down. It ratchets it up. It comes down. You know, we've been we haven't had a win all book. And then f- suddenly we have this massive Coloss army in the pocket. Um, I mean, we're not we're not in the clear, you know, at all. But 
having Vin being able to come up and just, again, normalize sudden deaths of characters. I talked about this last episode, you know, how clubs just got thwacked and it was nice to not have the build up and just be like, okay, yeah, this is real. And mm-hmm. to just be first draft to go, no, she's not supposed to be here. Clack. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Just having, just, just having just enough time to know what was coming for him. It The way I imagine this is like in 300, where they're like, Persians, lay down your weapons. And then a spear just oh, yeah, Spartan, comes, Spartans, out, yeah. comes out. And I just imagine Vin, like there's this thing. And then it's just like, poof. And, this, and then you have Vin with this gigantic colossal sword coming down right on top of Straff and just, and just cleaving him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a, kind of one of those things that like, makes your hair stand up. But finding out that the coloss you know we this was almost a throwaway line from many chapters ago where where uh tensoon is telling ven about the chandra and it's like oh we we share kinship with the coloss we we understand them because they're like they're outcasts they're outcasts they're not they're not understood and they also and he just he just <laughs> no, i was gonna say it's very much shout out like we share a bond with the coloss and then it's like Hey, what now? And and, and Sue's like, oh crap, oh crap, back. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm gonna back up. I didn't say anything. We're we're brothers. We're both outcasts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're both kind of blue when you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so finding out that they would they can be controlled in a similar way, and it makes sense that no one figured out. Because remember, Breeze was like, I tried soothing them, and it doesn't work. Just like another, it doesn't work on the Chandra. Another one. Like when I read that, I was just like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. And so what makes me wonder about this is because, you know, con- the Chandra were always like, oh, we had to stay away because you guys had Alamancers. I wonder, like, when the Lord Ruler first used Coloss, did the, you know, soothing Alamancers stand up against him by control- re- uncontrolling them? Probably not because the Lord Ruler would be just exer- absurdly powerful and probably would be able to force it. I don't know how this works. They might, um, they might have not even, well, oh, I mean, I was going to say you're right. I was going to say maybe they didn't even know, but no, the Alamancers hunted them down, so they definitely knew. They would definitely have, would, have, would have known. Because, I mean, someone would have tried, right? They would have tried yeah. to, you know, then just instinctively, instinctively pulled up. And you know what? I love, because when you said it was just like when she was younger, when she used her luck, I never made that connection until you said it. That makes so much sense. Of course, in an act of desperation, she's going to use the one allomantic power that she's familiar with. It makes that makes so much because the thing is, is that you know we had to figure a way for her to have just stumbled upon it, right? Mm-hmm. And from a narrative standpoint, it's like okay, basically all of my other metals are gone, and so These like are the only metals I didn't use. Yeah. So like, why wouldn't she have used rioting? Why wouldn't she have used, uh, you know? Let me see what else are she, bronze, bronze, you know, or like and out of just a random one, if she was going to pull, of yeah. course, she would use the one that she used to use on instinct, you know, mm-hmm. and she would just throw it out there. And if anything, I could imagine her even going, I'm, at least I'll just be able to chill everyone out when they're about to die. But that makes perfect sense that she would do that. Um so it, I think I just thought it was like a neat little thing. Like like this is one of the things that Brandon really really excels at. He built he already drops the little the little nuggets from earlier on, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of like doing you know goes oh yeah soothing that doesn't work hint just like the Chandra, um, but this makes perfect sense why she would suddenly use that like it wouldn't just be random. 
I almost think it was more random that she just used it on Tensoon to like experiment. I, I remember in our earlier episode, I was trying to like try to find a reason to explain that away in the sense that it's like, well, maybe like it was this because you know we we Tensoon mentioned by accident that uh or mentioned straight up that emotional elements he doesn't work on us and so like that's why she tried that one and well yeah she did she admittedly she did logic her way through it being like huh he says that but this is just like when i heard that copper counts couldn't be pierced so maybe i'll just give it a try with Dorelamin. but why didn't she riot you know if she had rioted then i i, I mean i don't know but it probably i don't know if it would have worked the same way yeah so I just love that. I, I love that we got that. And I also love that we kind of got a, another picture of like, here's what a Mistborn can do. Mm. But it's like, this is even like a weakened Mistborn. I mean, she's exhausted. She's done. She's in the middle of having just done a pewter drag. She's gone for a long, long, long time of traveling, you know, to get this done. And she doesn't have wakefulness to store. She has nothing to, yeah. to bring her back. Her 10, I guess, like, can bring back her mind, you know, to an extent. Well, yeah, and I think, like, they've used that several times before in these books where they'll, like, flare up their 10 just because, like, the pain and achiness keeps them awake. Right. It just, like, kind of brings them back. Um, but the other thing we bring out is we got Penrod. Um, who, you know, seemed kind of like a sus character once we figured out that he kind of betrayed everyone, but it always does seem like he really legitimately is trying to do what he thinks is best. Like, and he's not yeah. trying to go do things for himself. He, he, he's an, he was, he's definitely an antagonist to our protagonist, but not in a, like a, a nefarious or malice or aggressive, malicious, way. malicious. There you go. Yeah. Sort of way. And, and so it is, um, this is very much in character for him to mm. be like, Look, there just is no point. Like, you guys are trying to run away, which, great. And if I honestly thought that any of us w would actually mean something, I would totally help. But it's not going to. And I'm resigned to the fact that I'm going to die. And we all just need to just kind of accept that. Um, this seems like very much in, in, in his way of, like, saying, you know, I, I at least feel good knowing that Ellen wouldn't have done any better. Yeah, because we we know he said he likes Ellen, right? If, if he would have believed that Ellen could have gotten them out of this, then it would, like, based on his character, it would have crushed him to know that he was the reason for the failure of everything. But the other thing about this is, like, you said it kind of comes full circle how Breeze had just went out to just kind of bait set just for a little thing, and in the end it becomes, like, a big deal that set's army is there to really like put the mm -hmm. put the herd on straff and just sandwich him in between the two armies um and uh really set set up to be like a major player when it all it's all said and done because now we we know that straff's army is going to be severely weakened having gotten sandwiched in between the coloss the coloss army as devastating as it is they also took significant losses i mean let's talk about what was considered significant though a group of twelve thousand assaulted a city that was fortified by twenty thousand soldiers and they lost eight thousand which by the way like you said i, I thought it was twenty thousand like they, they they were twelve twenty thousand in number yeah and then they they you so said twelve Sorry, so, okay. so 20, 20, they okay. were both 20,000. They were equal in size. Right, right. And the Coloss lost 8,000 8, to uh to the 15,000 lost by by um an army that had a city, yeah. walls and all that stuff. And, and granted they weren't the best trained army here, but the point being here is like 
again, it just goes to show the level of deadliness. There wasn't even there wasn't even a strategy. They just ran at the walls. Right. And so, but I'm just saying that it was an army that was well, that was hurt enough that Straff thought they could take them. Um, yeah, 12,000 to 50,000. Those odds are actually pretty good. But he didn't think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like when I say significant, that's what I mean. It's like yeah. they went from, I don't think we can take them to, oh, I'm pretty sure we definitely can take them. And so now Set's coming in and actually has like a full on army. Like mm-hmm. the only the only losses they would have taken is after the after you know catching Straff by surprise. So probably not very very significant at all. Um, and so it's funny how it's like that little ploy that was just kind of there, you know, mm-hmm. because of Oriane, um, became like this way bigger you know point moving forward uh, because now Set's like an actual power player here. Uh, he's got probably the biggest army out of everyone, um, but he's no way he's going to go go up against a misborn uh, like Ven. You mean Elland now has the biggest army out of everyone? <laughs> yes, because they, well, that's what I mean. So now yeah. Elland actually has like a force to be reckoned with, because mm-hmm. otherwise we would have been dealing with not Set. Like Set probably would have you know been a major antagonist, being mm-hmm. like, look, you got Straff's army who would have been severely weakened. Who probably would have put up a big fight against the Coloss and the remaining soldiers from the city. So they would have been a very weakened force going up against at least a set. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what else is out there. And now you have a set, you know, that's there, who admittedly already has mentioned, you know, I have, you know, my, I, I've lost my, you know, my territory because of uh, of an obligator. So his army wouldn't have apparently wouldn't wasn't even enough to get that back. So this is I'm just saying like it's it's like it's funny how a small little point that came up earlier becomes like a major, you know, player when it comes when, when everything's said and done. And then, you know, we have Sazed, uh, our boy. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't No, it's not it's not here. But like we we see like not to, not only did he have to go deal with the fact that he had to become a warrior essentially had to go out and fight but Tendwell is officially dead yeah um and as far as we know like as far as we've seen Sazed, when it comes to caring about people like actually like really caring about people he hasn't really shown any attachment to anyone mm-hmm. he's just kind of like yeah i mean i i care for you in the sense that like i think you're a good person and stuff but i'm also gonna just kind of abandon you due to duty you know, when it's all said yeah. and done, but he never really like said, sat there and like lamented like, oh, I left the crew. Oh, I left Ven or anything like that. But Tendwell's always stuck with them. And then she's just back, back in his life and not only back in his life, but is like a, you know, is in a very positive way and, you know, a mutually affectionate way. And he's basically said like he, this is the one person that like just being around her, like was changing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has not had none of that with anyone else. It's all been business except with Tendwell. And this like severed his connection to that. Like he has no other pe- person as far as we know. He's never mentioned anyone. Um, and I mean, it, admittedly, he didn't mention Tendwell in the past either, but it's pretty heavily implied there is no one else. You know, Tendwell would have known uh, that there was someone else in Terrace that he would have had some kind of connection to, but mentions literally no one else by name. And so this is like, you know, Sazed kind of lost his identity because he is something that he didn't expect to be. Um, he had to, you know, go through the brutality of war 
and he lost like the one human connection he has in probably the entire world. I mean, as far as we know, um, the only thing that he's able been able to focus on is Vin. Like that's the only distraction he has is that maybe she's the hero of ages. Maybe I'm the person that's going to herald the hero of ages and actually see a significant change in the world, which admittedly is a fantastic distraction. But even then, like it, he shook, um, the, he's, he's definitely, you know, going to change from the says that we understand and know. And the says that we understand and know has always seemed like he's been pretty much in control. Uh, he's just been like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, that's a bad, that's a bad thing that happened, but don't worry, you, everything will be fine. Offering up religions and everything like that. And, but he even admits like my religions offer me no peace here. I know basically of all of them and there's nothing I have. And so Sazids has to deal with all that. Um, but in the next couple of chapters, we're going to be seeing what happened to his people. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.